is Living Your Big Bold Life podcast, and I'm your host, Bet Lucas. I have five crazy kids, a full-time career in a mostly male industry, and I've been on a health journey where I've lost over 40 pounds. On this podcast, you will find encouragement for your own unique journey. You'll be provided tools to help you not just survive this life, but thrive in the areas of health, career, and family. So come live your big, bold life with me. Are you ready? I sure am. Hello and welcome to Living Your Big, Bold Life, episode number five. Today's guest has a bold story of help. Jeff lost over 75 pounds in 11 weeks with extended water fasting and electrolytes. Then he proceeded to lose an additional 10 pounds during his maintenance period. He cured his type 2 diabetes, hypertension, and sleep apnea. In a world where we have been told we must eat all of the time, his journey could be considered controversial. Yet I find it inspirational. I'm thrilled to have Jeff share about how he not only lost the weight, but how he has been able to maintain his weight loss for one and a half years and be in the best health of his life at age 50. Welcome, Jeff. I'm so honored to have you here today. Hey, thank you, Bet, and uh, thanks for your listeners as well. I'm happy to be here, and, and I think this is great what you're doing, creating this podcast. It's really going to help a lot of people, and uh, I hope I can contribute in some small way, but I'm pleased to be here. Well, Jeff, your story... I believe is so inspirational because I believe we are here to do hard things. And I think what you have done is show people that even if they never do an extended fast, that we can do hard things and that maybe some of the the tools that we've had, maybe we can add to them. And so I'd love for you to tell us your story. How did this all start? And how did you lose 75 pounds in 11 weeks with extended water fasting? (laughs) Sure, sure. I'd love to share with you and your listeners what my story is. And I think it kind of all starts with being in the right mindset and being ready to make a change. And uh, like you said, do something hard. I'm not a big moderator in general. I kind of jump all in on things that I do. (laughs) So if I'm going to do it, I go for it. And let me tell you what motivated me. All my life, basically, I struggled with gaining weight. And it's been one of the most frustrating things. Most of my life is fairly disciplined and successful. But the one thing I could never really get a handle on over the long term was my weight. And as we get older, too, you go into the doctor and you see things like your blood sugar creeping up, your blood Mm. pressure creeping up, you know, different issues. Every time I try to lose weight, it would come back and then some. And it's the same story you hear from so many people. And I could not grasp, I'm kind of a science nerd, and I could not grasp why, you know, we're the success of many generations of ancestors that you know, beat the odds, survived, reproduced, and we should have the genes of champions that win. And why was my body fighting me so hard to be unhealthy? You know, it's like we know, we know obesity is unhealthy. We know all this stuff that comes along with metabolic syndrome. And I was having it all. And every time I'd fight against it, it would come back. So it's demoralizing. 
And so at, a, at about 48 years old, so almost two years ago, I went in the doctor and finally got the news that I didn't want to hear, which is the same as my dad and my grandmother, which is you're a type 2 diabetic. Pretty devastating. And they want to put me on medication in addition to the blood pressure medicine, the cholesterol medicine, you know, the, the CPAP machine. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm only 48. So I started researching and my son, who's in the military, was telling me about this warrior diet that he was on and he was having some success with that. And basically that was intermittent fasting with a four hour window. So I thought, well, I'll give it a try. You know, I started researching and thank God for YouTube. There's a lot of research out there to at our fingertips that we wouldn't have had before. And I researched fasting and I came across Dr. Jason Fung's book, The Obesity Code. I saw some of his videos and I dove into that and it sent me on the rabbit hole of the insulin model and the hormone model basically of obesity, which was hugely eye-opening. I'm like, this makes sense. This is why my body fights me. I'm hyperinsulinemic. I am insulin resistant. And it's a chain reaction that your body just um, falls into. And I'm like, okay, how do I get out of this? How do I fix it? And it seemed to me there was really two ways. There was a couple other books I read too. Uh, Gary Tobbs had one called uh, Why We Get Fat and What to Do About It. He also wrote Good Calorie, Bad Calorie. But Jason Fung's books were the ones and talks were the ones that probably spoke to me most and said, you've got to lower insulin. And there's really two ways to do that. Only two ways, you know, from a, you know, lifestyle standpoint, which is cutting out carbohydrates so that your blood sugar is lower and you don't need insulin as much. Or number two, fasting. And, you know, there's a few kinds and different ways of fasting. And there's uh, intermittent fasting, shortening your window, eating window, tightening that up, or extended fasting which in my uh, opinion is multi-day type fasting. So I thought I would try the diet my son recommended, which was the four-hour eating window. And, and at that time, I wasn't really restricting carbohydrates. I was just trying to eat in a four-hour eating window, which seemed incredibly daunting and, and, and difficult at the time. So used to eating frequently. Okay. And it's also a bit counterintuitive from what we've been taught all these years of, you know, don't stifle your eating frequency or you're going to damage your metabolism and go into starvation mode. And, you know, so there's some fear in there, but I tried it and lo and behold, within one week of doing it, and this is again, eating even whatever I wanted during the four hours, I lost eight or 10 pounds and was pretty shocked at, at how um, after the first few days, it wasn't all that difficult. So what had happened is I had uh, been eating in the evening, but I had a business lunch and and it was a going away party for somebody. I really didn't want to tell everyone what I was doing. So I went ahead and shifted my eating window earlier that day, which meant I had to go a full about 30 hours. And I, I was not happy about it, but because the next day I wanted to go back to my eating at night. By the next night, I was like, whoa you know what? I'm not even that hungry. This is weird. And what had happened was I had, had slipped into a deeper level of ketosis and my body was just happily consuming its own fat. So, so the hunger levels just weren't as high right. and it was great. 
yeah, and those have have uh, kind of made that transition probably can relate to that. So at the same time, I had been researching on YouTube, and you know, you go down the rabbit hole on YouTube, and uh, I came across a couple of people that had did longer extended fasting. One of them was a guy named Fred Douglas, who has a, a YouTube channel called Club Fred, and his was. Eventually, he did a 75-day fast. I think by the time I saw him, he was on day 60. And that just blew my mind. Wow. I'm like, that that can't be possible. you know. But he seemed to be doing it just fine. And he was having great success. So I talked to my wife. And uh, I said, you know, I'm toying with this idea of just going farther, seeing seeing what I can do. Like I said, I'm kind of an all-in person. I didn't have a set time frame in mind, but I wanted to just see where I could go. And so I uh, I just said, I'm going to do it open-ended. And I promised my wife if I ever felt sick or ill or, you know, anything that I would go ahead and refeed and eat. And, and uh, so it didn't, didn't seem all that um, scary because I was just going to take it day by day. So that ha- that started July 1st. And I think uh, I initially was 270 pounds. And I started July 1st, so a week later with the extended fast. And yeah, I just sort of kept going. The first few days, three or four days was kind of hard. I got a little dizzy when I would get up and I realized from watching the videos that I needed to add some supplements, non-calorie supplements. I I can share what what those are later, but that kind of helped. I also realized that I needed to scale back my my blood pressure medicine because when you're fasting typically the blood pressure goes down some so I didn't need the blood pressure medicine now let me also add a caveat I, I'm not a doctor yes, please not a medical professional not giving anyone any advice I'm just simply sharing my story and what I've learned and heard along the way this may or may not be a great uh, way for anyone else to do it but I just want you to you know add this to your research when you're exploring different options for you for some people it might it might be beneficial and it might hit hit you know something that that they're curious about so again just sharing my story so i went went on through that full week and i took a few days off at first but i stayed relatively active and after about day 5 i started noticing something unusual that i didn't expect energy levels started coming up. I started feeling very good, very energetic, very mental clarity was like really shocking. And all of a sudden the willpower kind of ramped up. You would think that it would, it would be harder as the farther you went, but it got, it got notably easier after day five. And um, there were a few side effects. Um, My sleep, I didn't need as much sleep. So you could call that insomnia, but I don't really think of it as insomnia because I would wake up rested. I just didn't need, you know, maybe four or five hours of sleep a night. And I don't know why that is. The other thing is that you tend to get a little cold and research kind of shows me or has told me whenever you're kind of at a calorie deficit or you're you're in a catabolic state and you're losing weight, your thyroid gets a little, gets working and, you know, you, your body temperature tends to drop a bit. So that's just normal, natural. And as soon as I started eating again, it came right back. And the sleep also fixed. But those are common 
uh, complaints of longer fast uh, side effects. So I did it, and um, long story short, I ended up, you know, living my life, working, doing everything I normally would do, but not eating. And I went 36 days. Oh my <laughs> gosh, 36 days. When you first tell people that, do they really, yeah. like, they think you're joking, I'm sure. No, you didn't go that. Yeah, I don't think, you know, some of them, I wonder if they even believe me. Yes, I wonder. I had coworkers at work showing me pictures of, uh, you know, people on uh, hunger strikes in Ireland and stuff that were dying. And they're like, you're going to die. You better not do this. I'm like, hey, I feel fine. You know, I'm, yeah. I was walking two miles every day at lunch and, and uh, keeping busy. And it, it was in, just as crazy to me as it was to everyone else. But what happened? So I had kind of in my mind to go six weeks. And, uh, you know, this was after I was getting close to that. And then the reason is because I wanted to break in order to go to a colleague's crab feed and charity event in in <laughs> uh, Washington State. So Bet knows knows about that. And so I was kind of thinking, well, that's going to be my goal is to make it to that. And then I'll refeed in time to enjoy the crab feed. And, and it's a great, great social event. But what had happened is I got a little too bold and I went and decided to try to jog instead of walk. And it was also out in the Texas sun in the middle of uh, late summer. So I over I overexerted myself and that was probably stupid, but I got dizzy and I got a little nauseous. Mm -hmm. And then I, then I freaked myself out. I'm like, Oh my God, I haven't eaten for 36 days. I'm, you know, what am I, what if I'm doing something bad to myself? So I went home and I uh, relaxed, laid down, relaxed. Everything got, was fine, but I thought, you know, Maybe I should go ahead and, and do a refeed. I had my wife cook up some broth with some crab in it. And and uh, we can talk later about, you know, the best way to refeed. But my research had been, you know, how to start. And uh, so I did that. And I I actually felt fine. And then I also scheduled a doctor appointment. So I thought, well, I'll, in a few days, I'll, I'll have a checkup and labs done just to make sure everything is good. Right. So good idea. I, yeah, yeah. By that time I had lost probably 50, 45, 50 pounds since I started. So in about 40 days, 45 days with the intermittent fast week. And then the, the 36 days of, of extended fast, I would gone from 270 to say, uh, maybe 215. I'm just estimating. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I had gotten myself off all my medications. By that time, I was right around the borderline of not quite off of the CPAP machine yet, but that was coming uh, shortly. So I went to the doctor, had my labs done. The doctor was blown away, and I didn't tell him exactly what I was doing. I told him about intermittent fasting, but I didn't want him to freak out. Right. So I, I got the labs, and the labs came back really good. The doctor said, I don't know what you're doing keep doing it because you're no longer diabetic. You're not even pre-diabetic. Your A1C is great, is, is looking much better. All the indicators and stuff were, were markers were pretty good. So better than they had been. My blood pressure was normalized. It used to average around 140 to, you know, 95, you know, 140 over 95, even with taking some medication. And now without the medication, it was consistently around 110 in over a 60, which is super normal. And this is still having my weight 
you know, at 215, 210, 215. Right, right. So anyway, I hope I'm on the right track here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going a little bit and tell you what I did next. Please. This is so helpful. And I think listeners, <laughs> you can be so inspired by this journey of, you know, Jeff became his advocate and he, I think not only you know, was making sure and checking in with the doctor. But I think Jeff's story is so powerful because he also took the initiative to start researching it himself. And I think we all have to do that for ourselves because at the end of the day, we know our bodies best. And there's a lot of great information out there at our fingertips that was not is accessible even 10 years ago. So uh, right. please keep going, Jeff. And I, so you finished your first long fast. You yes. did a refeed. How long was that time frame? And then what's next? Okay. So I had the doctor's appointment was like four days after I broke the fast. And I broke it with very, you know, low carb, higher fat options. I only ate like couple times a day, a couple small meals, just because that's all I really felt like eating. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to get the protein and the vitamins and the fats. So I went to the doctor. And of course, when you go to the doctor, you have to fast, right? For your testing. For your blood work, and, right. Yeah. And I couldn't get a morning appointment because it was a short, short uh, lead time for the appointment. So I had an afternoon appointment. So I had to fast. They're like, are you okay to fast uh, until, <laughs> until the afternoon? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I think I can handle that. I think we so, can do that. <laughs> yeah. So I fasted and, um, you know, the doctor was pretty pleased and I hadn't got the results yet, but it felt really good again to fast. So I wasn't hungry and I'm just like, I'm going to keep going. I have, I have a mission. I didn't, I, I, my goal was to be at 185 by my birthday, which was November 1st. Okay. And I started at 270 actually June 23rd with the IF and then the, the the fasting July 1st. So I didn't want to lose track of my goal. I had it all mapped out on the calendar. And like I said, I'm all in when I'm doing something. So I said, I'm going to start again. And I started again, which meant I had to fast through my trip to Washington state <laughs> and, and, uh, not only going to the crab feed, but also seeing my mother and extended family who love to cook all the, you know, how mothers cook the best stuff. Totally. So, Here, eat this, eat that. Yeah. Yeah. I had to make a decision. Am I going to miss this crab feed? I'm not going to miss it. I'm going to go. I'm committed to go. It's it's work related. And I want to see all the people that, including Bet, that, that are there. <laughs> and it's for a good cause. And we were, my company was a sponsor and it's for a great cause. So I wanted to be there and I'm just going to have to suck it up and uh, stick to my goal and keep my mindset focused on my goal. And I did that and I went there and it was difficult, not going to lie. It was hard. I love crab and I love all the other food. And we went on a beautiful boat cruise to Gig Harbor with a cooking class and wine tasting and I sipped on my water <laughs> and we went to the, we went to the crab feed and I cracked crab for my wife and made her a nice pile of crab meat. And I didn't have even a taste and it, it sucked, but wow. it was great to see everyone. It was great to see everyone. And actually afterwards I felt really proud of myself and I felt really, it was an empowering moment and a, and a good moment to exercise a little discipline 
And I've, I knew, you know, you used the term uh, delay, don't deny, right? I knew right. there would be an end, end to this goal and that this was a short time in my life that I needed to focus. I needed to have that discipline and nothing could stand in that way. You know, you can always come up with excuses. You can always come up with reasons to break your commitment. I wasn't going to do that unless my health was a problem, you know, and then of course I would break it. But so I stayed committed and I focused on that and I went another 24 days. Wow. And then I did have, I was almost to my goal. Uh, my wife, who had been so supportive throughout this, had a request for me. Her brother, my brother-in-law, her little brother was having his 40th birthday and she really wanted me to eat with the family because I had been through so many different functions where I sat there and sipped water. She's like, just, you know, so at her request, I went ahead and refeed, did a refeed a few days before so that I could eat. I ate low carb uh, meats and seafood during the, the birthday party, which was great. I wasn't to my goal yet. So as soon as that was over, I jumped right back in for another 12 days. So over the course of a 79, 80 day period, I fasted 72 of those 79 days and I made it to my goal. So um, I think there was a, a couple of short fasts after that because you lose a little water weight, which comes back after a long fast. It's usually the same amount. It's For me, it's about seven pounds that okay. it comes off. And when you refill your glycogen stores, there's a little water weight that comes back. And anyone that's fasting longer term should know that, expect it. You're going to see a big drop the first week and you're going to see some come back right after. So after the, the long fast, my goal was 80, 185 and I made it to that, but some of it came back. So I did a couple short fasts and did IF and low carb to get to the point where I was a fully fed 185 by my birthday, November 1st made the goal, had a big bone-in ribeye tomahawk steak <laughs> by my birthday, <laughs> celebrated with my family, and it was very exciting and one of the biggest accomplishments I've probably done in my life as far as the discipline. Healed all the things that you mentioned, no medications, and so far, this I just turned 50 last November 1st, so it's been a year and three months, coming up on a year and a half, and as of last night at the gym, I'm 186. So I've, I've kept it off through really good, healthy lifestyle and eating. It's I haven't done much fasting long term after that. I've done a few, you know, one, two day, three day, just to kind of get myself on back on track. I've experimented a lot with my ways of eating, like upping fat or ratios, upping protein ratios. I don't believe you need to track macros if you're eating a healthy lifestyle, in particular for me and for some people that are sensitive to carbohydrates. If I eat carbohydrates, I'll get fat again, so I don't. Um, I eat extremely low carbohydrate, and I'm not saying that's for everyone, but for me, I feel great on a very low carbohydrate diet, and, and I feel good eating fats. If I eat too much fats, I, I actually start to gain a little bit. Some people can eat you know, four sticks of butter a day and, and not gain a pound and, and lose. My body, I've found, tends to gravitate more to a little bit higher protein ratio. 
and again, I'm a bit of a nerd. I like to track my stuff. I don't think you need to, but I like it. And I, I experiment with different ratios of fat or protein, different uh, levels of carbohydrates or not, different intermittent fasting protocols. And I just have fun kind of playing with those those macros. And, uh, you know, there's, there's other lifestyle things that I've in, implemented that we can talk about if you're curious that I think have helped me in maintaining and, and improving my health. My health has continued to improve. I would say the weight is, in my mind, really more or less a side effect of a healthy lifestyle. It's not, uh, people kind of put the cart before the horse. They think you got to lose the weight so you can be healthy. I would say if you're eating and living a healthy lifestyle, the weight just kind of happens. It normalizes. You know, the fasting was a way for me to to undo a lot of damage that I had done. It's not for me, other than maybe intermittent fasting or having some eating window, which is great. Long-term fasting shouldn't be a long-term fix. It should be something right. that we have to undo damage. And I, I really don't like seeing people using such a powerful tool as a an excuse to binge or or make bad choices and think oh I can just fast after uh I've you know the holidays and I've binged on pumpkin pie and and uh you know a stuffing and uh, gained 20 pounds so I'll just fast it off I think that's an unhealthy That's such a good point. That is such a good point and I hope yeah. listeners really hone in on that. I think that that's such an unhealthy mentality to be like, let's just binge eat and then let's, oh, well, it's okay. I'm going to just do a long-term fast to fix that. And I think that that is what's really powerful about Jeff's story is that, yes, he did this extended fast as and used this tool and it worked for him. But now if you hear about his story He's helping others and, and sharing his story, but he's not really doing extended fasting today. He's actually just implemented certain lifestyle changes that are helping him maintain. And based on what I can tell Jeff, it doesn't feel like it, or it doesn't seem like you feel restricted right now or you don't feel like, oh, my gosh, I'm making all these sacrifices. It feels like a lot of these changes that you're making feel pretty easy for you now. Am I correct in that? Actually, you're you're very correct. I think making changes at first is always hard. And I read a book on mm-hmm. on habits and what, you know, how there's there's triggers and, you know, actions and reinforcements and how it's better to kind of trade habits, bad habits for good ones, but still things that you enjoy. And so it's important to enjoy your life, you know, and not be living in denial all the time. And I absolutely love my lifestyle and the food that I eat. And I don't ever subject myself to hunger for any any length of time. And the foods that I eat, I absolutely enjoy and love. And so there are foods that trigger dopamine, you know, sugar foods and, and foods that are, are uh, short-term enjoyable, but those are not the foods and that's not the way I want to live my life. So I do make sure I eat food that I absolutely enjoy. I love bacon and eggs and ribeyes and, and uh, you know, seafood and salmon and, and some cheeses and dairy and, 
and uh, runny egg yolks and <laughs> all the things that they, they've taught us over the years. You know, that, oh, fat's bad, cholesterol's bad, uh, salt is bad. Those are just so frustrating to me because those are some of the most healthy foods and most important vitamins and minerals that we can we can get in. And the more I get those in my body, the, the healthier I feel, the younger I feel, and the less I want to go back to um, those bad habits, those, you know, sugar. I, I don't drink much alcohol. I don't abstain 100%. But mm-hmm. I found after I got healthier and um, after I cut out a lot of that junk, the fasting, that's one of the things that helps is you spend a, a long period of time cutting out everything that's bad and right. everything that's good. So when you bring stuff back, you're bringing back the good things and you appreciate them and you enjoy them and and you go wow I can eat steak you don't go wow I can't have the potatoes because you just went a long period of time without any of the junk you're just really in appreciative and grateful for the foods you do bring back and if if you make them delicious you don't feel deprived at all and uh, so my lifestyle is not I so agree with that it's not deprived and I I know we so agree with that talk that over the course of all this time we shared and encouraged each other. And I appreciate you as, as a friend and accountability partner and somebody to bounce ideas off of. And um, we, we say, Hey, are you trying a, uh, you know, salmon roe? Are you trying liver, you know, a little bit, or are you doing, right. are you doing this or that? And it's fun to find people that are on the same journey and uh, encourage each other and learn from each other. And I love that you're doing this podcast because it's, it's a great way for us to, to share and learn from each other, which is is by far the best. You know, the experts really don't know anything about health and nutrition, in my opinion. There's so much bad information out there. There's so much biased information, bad science, people that have ulterior motives. You know, healthy people don't need a lot of, of health care uh, or prescriptions. There's, you know, not to be a conspiracy nut or anything, but I think financial motivations for food companies to sell processed foods and and foods that are high margin like all the monocrop grains and and soy products and oils and and fibers that come from that all the processed you know sugar and candy and wheat that's you know that's processed into stuff that really affects our blood sugar and our insulin levels and makes us insulin resistant is making a lot of people sick and the the yes the uh, healthcare field isn't really a healthcare field. They're a sick care field. They treat sickness. They write prescriptions and they send you on your way and they tell you diabetes is, you know, type 2 diabetes is a chronic and progressive disease that cannot be reversed. Well, it can be very, it, it is in a lot of people, let's put it that way. For a lot of people, if you look at Dr. Fung's successes up in Canada and you just hear about it over and over, and I'm I'm a living witness myself. It's very reversible. My grandmother, who is 94 years old in Portland, I've been working on her. She's diabetic. She's been taking insulin injections for years, and I've been con- you know working on her to eat more uh, healthy animal foods and not be afraid of them and to cut back on the sweets and carbs, which diabetics should probably do anyway. But she's actually made some changes and her insulin levels have dropped to about, a, her insulin requirements have dropped to about a third of what they were at 94 years old after being a diabetic for that long. And she's actually lost 
abdominal, you know, visceral fat, which is a is a huge red flag for mortality. You know, it's it's like it can work for a lot of people, and our modern medicine, you know, and expertise completely ignores it. And they look at keto diets as just quackery, and and uh, you see. Big businesses are in the business of selling diet products that don't work. And all of us have gone through every kind of diet and followed the low fat, you know, eating the low fat processed foods. And they they honestly, for a majority of the people that try it, don't work. Our society is just getting fatter and sicker and sicker and fatter. And what's working from what I can see is low carb, keto, intermittent fasting, Things that, like Dr. Fung says, actually mechanically reverse insulin resistance and help fix metabolic syndrome in a big way. And I'm so excited to have found it. I'm so grateful to be able to share it with family and friends. Some are receptive, some are not. Mm -hmm. And I don't harp on people. I'm not out like, you know, a cult trying to convert people. Mm -hmm. I just want to share and shouted from the rooftops, this works. You know, I've been frustrated. I see people obese as I go on my walks at lunch, you know, lined up at the salad bars, eating low fat and getting bigger. And I feel sad for them. And unfortunately, all the dogma out there about low fat and cholesterol and all the, the, you know, that you, you should avoid meat and all that is so strongly promoted. It's hard to tell people about this way of eating and this lifestyle because they're going to kind of look at you like you're you're crazy but you know when we have success we need to share it for people that are open to listen and help people and it's so fun when you see that person and you talk to that person and something clicks they listen there's two or three people in my office here in Houston that have asked me in private and I've told shared a few things not everything we're talking about but you know, just a little bit, hey, why don't you skip breakfast? And why don't you cut back on the, the, the sugars and breads and processed foods a little bit? You might see some real results. And when they do, they're just excited. And it gets me excited, too. So I'm really happy to be able to share this through this venue and others. Hey, friends, it's Beth. If you are enjoying today's podcast, I really hope you will join me every week for what I hope you find are inspiring interviews and bold content on topics like family and career and health. And can I also ask you a favor? Can you press that subscribe button and write a review if you like what you hear today? By doing those things, you are helping me get the word out. And I truly would be ever, ever so grateful. It also allows you to be the first to know when new content arrives. So please subscribe today. Now, let's get back to our guests. Well, I think that that's something that I always try to emphasize to people is that whether you realize it or not, your journey has impact. And sometimes you're impacting people that are even the the quietest people in your world that never vocalize. And then all of a sudden, I'm sure you've had this happen where all of a sudden they'll say, Hey, Jeff, you know, I've been watching you for the last year and I haven't really said anything, but (laughs) you really inspired me to do this or do that. And I guess that I sometimes think we get so 
scared of our critics that we forget all these people that are watching what we're doing. And I just think of all the people you must be inspiring on your journey without even kind of realizing it, but you're, you're showing people that there is hope. There is another uh, tool that they can add to their tool belt. So Jeff, you're today, I guess if someone was wanting to do an extended fast, I'm sure you get asked, okay, how did you do it? You know, what, what supplements did you take? Did you notice that you could exercise? Did you not exercise? I know you mentioned the sleep a little bit. Can you tell us some of the advice that you give people if they're looking into an extended fast? Yes, absolutely. So as you, as many of you guys are probably aware, there's clean or dirty fast. There's people that will potentially add some uh, coffee with heavy cream or some uh, broth, you know, on occasion. And I don't think that that's necessarily going to throw you off too much. There's some people that would say, oh, it's going to stop the autophagy, which is the kind of body's recycling mechanism. What I found is clean is easier, which it sounds harder. But once you kind of go clean, your digestive system shuts down. And by clean, I mean, mostly just uh, non-caloric intake. So water, maybe a little bit of unsweetened tea or unsweetened coffee. And I can explain why unsweet is even is important, even if it's sugar-free. You know, little apple cider vinegar is not going to have calorie. It'll give a little flavor. I, I drink um, sparkling water. The thing that kind of helps a fast go longer and be more comfortable is the supplement of electrolytes. So okay. having some um, sodium or salt, a good quality salt, whether you mix it with water or just take a little bit, you know, personally, when I was doing, it, I was, I would take about a half teaspoon of, of pink salt in the morning and in the evening. And that helped keep me, uh, regular regulated which made sense to me because you're you're still drinking a lot of water and you're urinating and your urine is salty so you're losing some salt so you need to replace that your body needs salt potassium magnesium those are the main electrolytes so making sure you you get a little bit of supplementation of those depending on how long you go but the salt is probably the most effective to help make the fast very sustainable. I don't think there's any negative effects to having some salt during your fast. I also took some magnesium, which helps sleep. And some people have restless legs or help have cramping in general. And magnesium is a great supplement. A lot of people are low on it. So, so that's not a bad option as well. You know, once you kind of get into ketosis and you, your body starts getting fat adapted, it's burning fat for fuel. Uh, your body starts releasing the fat. When you do eat sugar, it it stops the fat burning and switches over to burn the sugar. So that's why the fasting or the low carb, you know, ketosis just really enables your body to just release um, fat stores. I find it gets easier the bigger you are, because your body, I mm-hmm. think, can only your body can release so much energy per fat cell. Say, I don't know the science behind it, but I know people that have more fat tend to have a much easier time fasting. And as I've gotten leaner, it's become harder and harder. And part of it is motivation. When you feel like you look pretty good and you feel pretty healthy, 
it's kind of harder to deprive yourself. Right. <laughs> yeah. But also, I think your body doesn't release as much fat when you have smaller fat stores. That's just my own theory. So yeah, th- those are those are kind of things that make the fasting easier. I think keeping it clean, which shuts down your 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 metabolism, your body, not your metabolism, but your your digestive system. And mm-hmm. you know, I found once I sort of start re- refeeding, what, all of a sudden that the hunger comes back, and not in a yes. in a horrible way, but you start getting uh, an appetite, whereas you think. Well, when you were fasting, weren't you hungry? It's like, no, you're really not hungry when you're fasting on an extended fast. Uh, You have mouth hunger, you have habits, but the actual hunger, your body, you feel like that feeling about two hours, three hours after lunch where "Mm, I could eat, but I I can go for a while more. That just sort of stays. No, I agree with this, Jeff, because I've even found this with intermittent fasting. I've tried... Before I kind of learned about clean fasting, I was trying all different things. And I used to think, well, if I do a little bit of cream in my coffee or I do a little bit of fat, um, maybe that'll help me go longer. And mentally that, that seemed to, oh yeah, that'll help me and it'll give me a boost. And what I found is it actually made it harder. So when I clean fast, even on my uh, intermittent fasting, I am so much less hungry, but it took me a long time to realize that because in my mind, I thought, no, that, that can't be the case. That can't be true. I, you know, and now if I notice if I do black coffee during my, when I'm fasting, Getting to my eating window is so much easier. <laughs> so true. It's so, so much easier. And and so I just want to encourage people that if you're struggling on a short fast or a long fast, you know, really maybe try doing the clean fast because if the dirty fasting is working for you, like I always tell people, if what you're doing is working, great, keep doing it. But if you're noticing you're white knuckling it to the very end and it's just so hard and, you know, my grandpa used to always tell me uh, eating makes me hungry. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so true. So the minute your body thinks, oh, now it's time to eat, you get this sensation of, wanting to eat more. So no, I think that's such good advice. And I also back to the supplements, do you take them in like pill form, like the magnesium potassium, or do you do like a a certain electrolyte supplement or what do you like best? Okay. Yeah. For me, what worked fine was uh, for sodium. I just got the the either Redmond's real salt or Himalayan pink salt. And um, just in my palm of my hand, I'd put about a half a teaspoon, pop it in my mouth and wash it down with some water. Okay. Some people, if they have too much salt all at once, it causes what they call a salt flush, which is diarrhea. Okay. So, right. you know, if, if you do get diarrhea when you're having your salt, then space it out. And some people mix it in with their water and they drink it throughout the day. I don't really care for salty water too much. So I just get it over with. You know, some people will take a shot of apple cider vinegar with mixed with water and their salt. And so potassium, though, you asked about that. Mm-hmm. There's a salt substitute called no salt, also called new salt, which is primarily potassium chloride. And it's pretty concentrated. So for that, 
you know, maybe like an eighth of a teaspoon or a little bit, you know, just a little bit each time you take your salt, I would add a little bit of that. Uh, some people take a, a potassium tablet. The potassium tablets that are on the market are pretty low dosage. And that's probably good because you can get too much potassium. It's hard to get too much salt because your body will flush it out. But the potassium you want to be a little more careful with. So, you know, err on the side of a little. But if if you have any signs or symptoms like nausea, headache, heart palpitations, things like that, never good. But I've noticed people that don't take potassium or sodium enough sometimes get those. So a little bit of new salt, a little bit of pink salt couple of times a day is uh, great. And then the magnesium, that's just a pill. Uh, that's a magnesium glycinate, which is, I think, what it's called, what I, I'd take. And I would, it depends really if you, if you feel like you have restless legs or leg or, or muscle cramps, it's very good for that. Some people put oil, magnesium oil on their legs or take Epsom salt baths. But for, if it's for muscles, then that's, that's a good one. Take a couple of those. I think 200 or 400 milligrams a day is is recommended. And I used to really like to take it at night because it helped me sleep. And I still do sometimes. And that's a, you know, some people have, there's, there's a, a magnesium. I don't know if it's a tea or a mix, but it's called calm. Oh, that natural calm. Yes. yes. A lot of people like that, which effectively yeah. is magnesium. I mean, that's what, that's what that is. And so many people are seeing like, oh, it really helps me sleep or it helps me calm down. And I, I've really am a proponent for magnesium at night. I take a 500 milligram before I go to bed and it's really helped me. I, I find that I think I was a little magnesium deficient and then I will throw in some potassium, you know, here and there. And then like you said, the pink um, Himalayan salt can be really helpful. Some of my, uh, the people in our uh, Facebook group like the electrolyte liquid that's called Light Show, L-Y-T-E. All right. Some people like that and they'll just add that to their water. And I find that a lot of people in general, fasting or not, I think uh, sometimes they'll tell, they'll say that they're, oh, they feel like this or they feel like that. And I often wonder if we are electrolyte deficient in general. In general, I, I think. Yeah. And so that was one that a lot of people enjoyed. So now, Jeff, when you were done fasting, I know you talked a little bit about the refeed. Are there things that people should know are normal once you start, uh, you stop your fast and start? eating again? And are there any other advice that you would have how you ease into eating after doing an extended fast? Sure, sure. Let's preface that with this is generally I'm talking more or less about extended fasting, which I would yes. I would say is probably more than two or three day kind of fasting. Even the supplements, people can, you know, benefit from salt or whatever, you know, on a on a one or two day fast. It becomes much more important on more than two or three or four days and definitely after seven days. Refeeding is similar in that if you're if you're fasting and you've got some experience fasting and you're only doing a you know one, two, three day kind of fast, your system will re- react pretty pretty rapidly to get back to normal. If you're going beyond three days, then you know I think 
you'll get a lot of different advice. So please uh, get a lot of advice if you're going to do this. Okay. But let me just share. I, I'm an admin for a pretty decent sized fasting group, which. And what's it called, Jeff? Oh, what's it's it it's uh, Water Fasting, Refeeding and Maintenance. It's on Facebook. And myself and Fred Douglas, who's the one that, that did the uh, Club Fred 75 Day Fast, um, he started it. I joined right after it started and we're both the admins for that. And um, so we see a lot of people doing extended fasting and we, we are able to encourage and, and kind of it's an opportunity for me to to share, but it's also an opportunity to learn and observe. And the refeeding, what I've found in my advice personally is start slow. The most important okay. things are to start slow with something easy to digest. I don't recommend starting with fruit or sugar because you're burning 100% fat, you're in ketosis, and if you shock your system all of a sudden with high something high in sugar that's going to like slam on the brakes to your ketosis and and your you know what you're doing, it's harsh. So I recommend starting with some bone broth, uh, maybe you drop an egg or an egg yolk in there for a little bit of fat or protein, but start small, start slow, you know, maybe a few bites of something to start, give it a, give it an hour or two, and then gradually increase. If you like, you know, plant foods, then avocado is good. Some people like getting some probiotics, so some like sauerkraut, something with some fats. Uh, Fred likes sardines and sauerkraut. That's uh, his thing. I prefer like bone broth with egg yolks in there and then gradually add some, maybe some scrambled eggs with some cheese, you know, and maybe add some ground beef mixed in there. But the most important thing is go slow, nothing with too high of fiber or too high of uh, sugar content or glucose, okay. you know, something that's going to spike your blood sugar and just start slow. And then your system will get going. We've all kind of th that have done this a while have made mistakes. Uh, one time I was craving a a pickle and I I, <laughs> I had I went to the movies and I just broke my fast and I had a big pickle and I meant to just have a bite or two but it was so good I ate half of it one of those big ones and yes, oh my yeah. gosh I was on the toilet for about an hour and my stomach was <laughs> cramping and and I'm I'm convinced it was just a, a lot of fiber all of a sudden on a fairly empty stomach. And uh, that was a bad choice. So I learned from that. But that's the advice. Just work yourself. It usually, some people will say you got to go half the time that you fasted through a very slow, very long refeed. I think from my experience, whether I'm going to do a long, long fast or a shorter fast, it takes a, a few days to get fairly back to normal. You don't want to try to overstretch your stomach. So enjoy the fact that a little bit of food gets you full. But get nutritious food, get nutrient-dense food, uh, get your fats in, egg yolks are, and eggs are great. A little bit of uh, easy-to-digest meats or cheeses are great. Some, uh, you know, plant some, if you like plant spinach and uh, avocado or some of those in moderation is fine. Not too much fiber at first, but yeah. And then after a few days, pretty much everyone can, can go back to a normal, healthy uh, way of eating. Awesome. Oh, that's such good advice. Well, Jeff, this is so helpful. I I feel like my goal with this podcast is that people have a, this tool belt 
and that they learn different tools for their health journey, their career journey, their family journey, and that by hearing everyone's story on this podcast, that they can say, oh, well, maybe that's a tool that I can implement into my life. And so I can't tell you enough that I know sharing your story uh, isn't always easy. And I just so appreciate you putting yourself out there and being an admin in a Facebook group to encourage others and learn more. As we come to a close today, is there any other advice you'd like to give? Is there anything you feel that we didn't touch on? And I know we didn't talk a lot about exercise and other things, but is there anything else you'd like to kind of share with our listeners today? Sure. I think you just a few very quick things that, you know, the lifestyle, the maintenance, the eating, uh, that's super important. But as you said, other lifestyle factors are important. You know, be active, do what you enjoy. I like to lift weights, do some yoga, walk, swim. Other people have, you know, love to play tennis. Find things to be active and use your body and enjoy it. Get get sun, you know, especially in the morning and evenings. It helps set your circadian rhythms. It gets you vitamin D, nitric oxide in your blood. Many health effects from sun. Don't be afraid of sun. It's another thing like uh, fat and salt that people have you know, shamed us into getting away from, you know, don't get sunburned, don't get burned, but, you know, get a base tan so that you can be in the sun and enjoy it. Get good sleep. That's super important. Plan your day so you get good sleep. At at night, maybe you got to, you know, not use uh, as much screen time or put less blue lights into your room at night, but try to get good sleep. Um, try to have as much uh, low stress environments as you can, you know, try to avoid toxic relationships, whether at work or in, in personal life, so that you can have a fairly enjoyable, stress-free existence. Super important. Cortisol is not our friend, uh, unless we're being chased by a lion. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, and get out and enjoy your social life. If you are fasting, it can uh, feel like an impediment to social situations. But honestly, people don't really care as much as you think they do about what's on your plate or what's going in your mouth. Carry around a plate if you need to. Uh, I carry around a, a glass that looks like a gin and tonic, but it's usually sparkling water with a little wedge of lemon. <laughs> and nobody really cares if you're not drinking in those cases. And if they do care, they're maybe they're not your friend anyway, because you're trying to make good, healthy choices and they're not. So they don't like it. But right. uh I wouldn't let it bother you. Just do what you got to do. Be you, be healthy, be happy. That's the best thing you can do in life. So thank you again, uh, Bet, for ha letting me share my story and be on here and be a part of this great thing that you're, you're building. And I know it's going to just blow up and uh, I can't wait to say, I know her <laughs> when you're on oh, Oprah or something. <laughs> Jeff, you are so awesome. Well, thank you for sharing your story today. And you exemplify living your big, bold life. So thank you, oh, Jeff, and you. you have a wonderful day, okay? All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. For more motivation on living boldly, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and my new website, betlucas.com. And remember, friends, be you boldly. The world needs you. you.